Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the program. Today with me again for the third time is Carlo Barrera. He is a current a DACA recipient and is from Mexico originally. He is now 28 years old, been here for 21 years, correct, yep. Carlo? Correct. Welcome again. Welcome back. And we wanted to talk to you again of just, we're going to do this three or this multiple part series of just your updates on the whole DACA program and how that's unraveling and not unraveling, unfolding since uh, the election of President Biden. So welcome back, cool. sir. Thanks. Thanks. I was about to call you Brian or uh, Biden. Thanks. Biden. Thanks, Brian. Well, you know, I've been called worse. <laughs> it's okay. Thank, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Obviously, uh, it's always great to catch up and, and give you some more updates on on what what's going on in the DACA world. Cool. So tell me, <clears throat> recent there was a recent uh, some developments you said recently. So what's yeah. happening? What's next? What does that mean for you and others like you? So the first thing that happened was on Biden's first day, he signed like a bunch of executive orders. I'm sure everyone kind of, it was pretty all over the news how hard Biden and his administration went on executive orders. And, and it was funny because like his press secretary, secretary was asked like, cause Biden was criticized the Trump administration for basically ruling and commanding via executive orders. Uh, and Biden's defense to that was saying, all the executive orders that he signed on day one and continues to sign are just to basically undo bad policy from that he considers bad policy from the Trump administration. So once his defense is once he gets basically back on track, then he'll start working with Congress and the Senate to actually pass legislation as opposed to just signing executive orders. But anyway, so on, on day one, he signed uh, an executive order protecting DACA and basically restoring DACA back to the 2012 days where when the Obama administration founded it. So basically, it got rid of all that uncertainty that the DACA, DACA recipients like myself had been feeling for the last four years where, like I mentioned, I've mentioned before on, on your show that um, the Trump administration from the start of their first first year were attacking DACA, they were trying to end DACA and they were almost successful, but then they just kept getting held up in courts. And finally the Supreme Court ruled in DACA's favor, but then uh, there was back and forth. And so anyway, Long story short, the uh, the Biden administration signed an executive order restoring DACA. So now DACA recipients like me, we have all the benefits that we had back in 2012. So for example, now I could, uh, myself, anyone anyone else uh, that's a DACA recipient can officially apply for an advanced parole document, which is a travel document that allows you to leave and come back into the United States if it falls under certain categories, which is humanitarian, educational, and employment opportunities. Uh, so right now I have the opportunity to potentially go back, uh, to Mexico and visit my sick grandpa if I, if I applied now, uh, and I'll get more into that in a second, but, um, and then I could also, if I have to travel for work, uh, finally, like my work, my employer can write me a letter saying that I have to travel for work. I have to pay an application fee, wait a couple months, and then I have a permit that allows me to travel back and forth. So those, all those things I wasn't able to do the last four years. So that's definitely a huge relief and something that Biden and his campaign uh, definitely followed through on. That was a big promise uh, during their entire uh, their entire campaign was that um, that they would restore DACA and they'd protect Dreamers. And so now it just it's up to Congress and the Senate to pass permanent legislation, which uh, 
which I can get to in a second. So then, and maybe, and maybe you're answering this in the next question, but um, so to apply for that permit, that travel permit, how long does that process take? Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of like in a weird zone right now, personally, because my current work permit expires uh, in April, April 21st or 19th of 20 of this year. So in a few months, my work permit will expire. And that's the DACA, the work permit under DACA, which uh, renews, you have to renew every two years. So my two years are up and now I could apply, could have applied, you know, from the day basically that Biden took office. Um, but I'm kind of waiting to see, I'm in a weird little, like, I don't know, like I don't, this weird middle ground where I'm not sure what the best step is in terms of like both logistically and financially, because I could apply again, like I said yesterday to renew my work permit, that's a $600 fee. Uh, and then that usually takes about at least two months. Uh, so by the time I would hear back, that's when my work. So ideally I would apply now to, uh, to renew my work permit. <clears throat> However, <clears throat> and if I wanted to apply for an advanced parole permit, that usually takes as well, like one, one to two months. Uh, so by the time I would get, a, I would get approved my work permit. So I basically have to do both coinciding. So apply to renew my work permit. And then once that's approved in like a month or two, then apply for a travel permit. Um, and so I'm in this weird conundrum where I don't know really what to do, whether I should apply and not really count, like count on anything to pass, like in terms of like permanent legislation and apply now and buy myself two more years or wait for a week, a couple of weeks, a month, whatever, to see if permanent legislation will pass through the through Congress and, and the Senate. So are, are there, like, I'm sure you've done this enough, you know, kind of know the ropes and how to do it yourself, but are there, is there like legal counsel or people that, that help with this process? So, because anything with government is a nightmare, as you know, it, it, they're mm -hmm. the epitome of, you know, nothing being done. Yeah. And they don't care because there's no competition. So how do you, how do you navigate all that? That's a great question. And I think it's it's one that goes overlooked because these forms actually have them right here. There's they're long, they're like here. I can actually grab them really quickly. Yeah. Um, but they're I mean, this is like two applications like for my work permit, to renew my work permit and to and to get uh, apply for a travel permit. So and it's you know, govern all like you said, government forms, so they're complicated, they're they could be uh, done. They could be done in like half a sheet, and it would be fine. Exactly. Uh, they they got to get, get justify somebody's job pushing papers somewhere. Yeah. So um, I got very lucky, and and my my dad kind of uh, I think he he found someone when back in 2012 when when this first passed to help us fill out the application, and I've had to renew every two years since 2012. So it's been two, uh, three, four times. So it's be my fourth time now that I've had to uh, apply to renew. So now this is like doing homework now. It's like, it's, it's easy for me, thankfully. And I got very lucky that I, I had someone like my dad teach me the ropes, the ropes essentially, but there's people out there that haven't, you know, don't have that education or don't have those resources that I got lucky enough to have. Um, so there are organizations, there are nonprofits, there is free legal counsel and there's organizations, groups, there's uh, even support groups on Facebook uh, everywhere now where uh, you can kind of ask for help. You can go somewhere physically, obviously right now with the pandemic, it's a little different, but there are like, there's clinics, there's workshops, everything for people who maybe it's their first time applying or renewing and they go in and, and they get all that. They kind of get walked through from page one to page X to make sure that they're not missing anything because what ends up happening and it happened to me once is that if you fill out a form or a section incorrectly, or you forget to send 
the correct uh, attachment or the correct uh, proof of evidence or anything like that, you, your application can get, can get denied. And then those $500, $600 are down the drain. So that's almost, <clears throat> that's part of the game. Unfortunately, I think that's part of the game with the, you know, these bureaucracies is they make it difficult. I don't know. It's just my perception. It could be wrong, but. Oh, I agree. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I, again, I got, I got very lucky that I'm able to, to kind of navigate through these forms, these complicated forms by myself and independently, but there are definitely people who, who don't have that luxury. And, and thankfully there's some great organizations that, that help them out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then, so then that happens and you have that pass and then that's, let's say you, let's say you submit all your paperwork. How long does that take to get that back to, to know if you got it and then how long does it last so okay so exactly good, good another good question so basically let's say i apply i fill out all these all these forms out and apply tomorrow uh let's see it's february 9th if i would probably get back my renewed work permit by the end of april so actually that like right around when my current work permit expires once i get that back then i could send in my application for the travel permit and then that would take another two months so basically at the end of the day, I could potentially have my renewed work permit and travel permit by probably June. So again, it's just like, it's such a slow moving process. And, and during that time, like that waiting, as soon as I send that, as soon as the application leaves my hands and like, I guess even before now that I haven't applied yet, but like, I can't plan anything. I can't plan a month ahead, two months ahead. I can't, basically I can't plan. Thankfully I have that peace of mind where I know that I will be able to, I have the the option to renew my work permit. So unlike the last administration, to me, April 21st, 19th, whatever day my 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 work permit expires, that was like the expiration date of like my life here, essentially, not to be dramatic, but like yeah. now thankfully I have, I know that's kind of like my 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 end date, my expiration date, but I know that I can renew it. Um so like, but up until then I can't really plan past April and I can't say, you know, my grandpa got really sick tomorrow. I can't really plan on going to see him because I just don't know how long that process would take to get my permit back. So that's crazy. Yeah. Um, not, it's not fun. Well, so, and I never asked you this before and I hope this doesn't come across as me prying for something that isn't there, but you, 21 years, what's, what's held you up from getting like citizenship or getting these things before that time. And I, I didn't ask you that before, but what's, yeah how no that that's a good question that's a, again excellent question just because there's so much mis so much there are so many misconceptions around that exact topic and like everyone will i mean not everyone but a majority of yeah. americans especially americans that maybe aren't the biggest fans of doc recipients or dreamers they'll they'll, they'll ask us like well like you've waited you've been here for 20 years they don't know years. one they don't know one like i do yeah <laughs> exactly but they'll 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 ask them they'll ask they'll ask us like oh it's been you've been here for what 21 years like why why not just get citizenship and our answer is pretty simple it's like if if we could have we we would have right so like if we uh if we had the opportunity by any means by any legal means or any sort of um i don't know proper means we would have we would have done it already but for now uh, since for DACA recipients, you essentially, in order to be a DACA recipient, you had to come to the country illegally, essentially, right? So we came here as children. I came here as six, what, as a six-year-old. Thankfully, came here legally through um, through a tourist visa. But then, as soon as our tourist visa expired, then I was me and my my family and I were here illegally, right? So um, because of that, we don't uh, qualify for a lot of the benefit, the uh, immigration benefits that 
other immigrants can apply for. So certain visas we can apply for because we overstayed a tourist visa. So there, there aren't many resources for DACA recipients. There's actually only like marriage, which, um, you know, some people go and marry their best friend and then they're, you know, and then they get divorced, whatever. So, but that's not something I want to do. And then the other one is just permanent legislation. So you can't, we can't even really get sponsored. And the only other option is, and again, for my, for my specific scenario, like it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't feel right. Uh, Doing it wrong. Of, uh, do, exactly. Cause my, um, another, the other, the other sort of recourse we have is to uh, uh, apply for asylum here. So essentially saying that I don't feel safe enough to, I would like fear for my life going back to Mexico and like where I'm from, which where I'm from, it's, it's a beautiful little town, beautiful little state north of Mexico, Mexico state, Mexico city. Um, so, so like, couldn't, I couldn't justify that. Exactly. And like, if I Honestly. was not, if I was uh, not a terrible person, but if I had kind of no other option, I could lie and say, and a lot of people do this and like, I don't blame them for it, but I could say, I do fear for my life to go back to Mexico. Like whatever gangs anything like that. i make i can kind of fabricate yeah. a story but yeah. um i'm i'm not going to do that and then again the only other two options are marriage which i'm not there yet and then the third one is uh just waiting for permanent legislation so we don't have any option like that that's why it's been so frustrating because people are like well you've been here for 21 years why not like become a citizen it's like because we've been waiting for 21 years to have the opportunity and and we we haven't been presented that opportunity i wonder it sounds like you and many others like you would be phenomenal employees with the government trying to make this happen for other people. Cause you, yeah. yeah how yeah. are you? Oh, thank you, you. would make crap happen. And uh, I don't know. That's just, maybe that's, I know. I think, I mean, no, to be honest, I, and I think can you that's apply for a job with the immigration department <laughs> that you can, uh, can, Hey, we'll bust this. We'll work 24 hours a day and we'll, we'll get this done. We'll get these people, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just, no, I, 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 it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I, I think, the last four years have definitely opened my eyes to like how involved I can get in politics and how involved I can get into like that political process. Like I, to be perfectly honest, like basically up until DACA passed, like my only real, like the only real time, I, the only time I really cared about like any like developments in, in the government or whatever current administration was in office. Like it was just, if it had to do with DACA, if it had to do with immigration, like but now I think the last four years have really opened my eyes to seeing how like every sort of marginalized group is affected both positively and negatively by the actions of, of the administration in power. So it's definitely something that I continue to, and that's what like I've been, since I got into photography during quarantine, like I'm trying to document some, I use that for, to document some sort of like uh, people's stories and how that impact, like the political system impacts their lives and stuff like that. So definitely something i'm passionate about and have have gained that passion the last four years well i think you and i talked about it when we when we first spoke before the election is that we and it's whether we can neglect or just don't know because we're not involved but we don't really pay attention to something if it doesn't affect us personally it's hard to yep, get exactly your head around it or be connected to it when it's like oh, that's those people over there in in that group in that camp i, I don't know them so you know i'm not going to get involved yeah, exactly. And I think that's well, so honestly, cool. I would not have been doing this had I not known you. I probably would have just been like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to really pay attention because it doesn't affect me, which is no, easy, exactly. easy to do. So I'm glad I know you because at least, like say we talked about earlier, it puts a face on these policies that people just think, well, that's, you know, that's for those people, you know, mm -hmm. put them over there. No, and exactly. And I think that's why it's, it's so cool what you're doing because you are getting 
insight from from different groups and in different perspectives and i think that's so important with uh especially in like the political climate we're at now where no one's no one's really looking to do that what political climate yeah right (laughs) we're all happy and getting along it's all good exactly (laughs) um but yeah and i guess like so then uh the other the other big development was on february 4th um uh, Senator Durbin and Senator Lindsey Graham, who's obviously a big Republican, mm-hmm. both co-sponsored the DREAM Act, which was first introduced in 2001. Yeah, 2001, so 20 years ago. So I can't, like, again, so it's back to your, your initial point, like, the, this DREAM Act, which would grant citizenship, which would, which would grant us uh, residency, like, immediately, and then uh, would grant us citizenship down the line for DREAMers and people who yeah, basically, if you qualify for DACA, you would qualify for the DREAM Act, which would is uh, is basically a pathway to citizenship for DACA recipients and DREAMers. Um, so yeah, that was introduced back in 2001. And so since 2001, basically, the US government has kind of gotten our hopes up like, all right, like, we're trying to like come up with we're trying to come up with a package uh, here to help DREAMers and DACA recipients out. Well, DACA didn't exist back then, but DREAMers out and, you know, immigrants who were, were brought here as kids, they're just as American as their American neighbor, basically, yeah, right? It, so yeah, totally. let's help I mean, them out. So for this country, than a lot of people I know, you know, <laughs> thank no. you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like it, that's been, that's been on the floor of the house or the Senate, which it's been going back and forth, but since 2001. And so it was just reintroduced uh, in, on February, the same exact uh, dream act. Uh, and so again, we're now we're just waiting basically on, Congress. So that's, that's where kind of my, there's a disconnect between like, so that's, that was the latest development, right? On February 4th, it was introduced. So now what I don't know, and I've been like trying to research it and I like probably someone who's more involved in politics and knows kind of like how the logistical process works, uh, knows like when the house like can vote on it. And then when like the house votes, which thankfully the house is, uh, is Democrat controlled. So it'll pass the house and then go to the Senate. So I don't know what that timeline looks like. And that's why I've been kind of struggling with like what I should be doing in terms of like applying now or waiting and like kind of like writing out like this new recent like positive development to see if I should just wait and like apply or so that's that's been the latest development with with doc recipients. If you apply at the you know wrong time, does that screw up the your paperwork and we have to start over or or does that if there's overlap no. or something like that? So thankfully, so like I, the, and I think that's why in, in by definitely by the end of the month, I'll, I'll probably end up if nothing drastic changes. Like, I think I will end up applying to renew my work permit just because there's nothing I can really lose by, apply. I mean, besides money, there's nothing I can lose by applying. So if let's say I apply by at the end of the month and it takes about a month or two to get that permit back. If, if something passes, if something passes in terms of like Senate or, or Congress that goes into permanent legislation then like it wouldn't negatively affect me i would just have to reapply like through whatever process and and uh and procedures they put in place through that dream act but um but yeah no no, like there's no thankfully there's no kind of negative side of of applying now so i think that's why i mean it's it's just again and like i've been lucky and thankfully my my current job um said they'll they'll help me kind of finance those those fees. Uh, so like, I, again, I'm in a very, I'm one of the very lucky few who has an employer who's willing to help, help me out financially, or who doesn't have to hire a lawyer to fill out these forms. Cause thankfully, like I said, I've done it so many, so many times that now like I know how to get the stuff done. So, um, 
yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, I, I got very lucky there's, but there's people that like, let's say someone who's in my conundrum doesn't have, you know, an employer that will sort of, sort of quote unquote sponsor them and pay for their fee. Like they, if they either, if they pay the $600 now and then the dream act passes, but, but then there's like an $800 fee and they can't afford that, then like, then what do they do? You know? So it's like, and it's, this is all on top of it being in the middle of a global pandemic where people are already struggle, struggling for, yeah to make ends meet. So it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird little, little time it's, that we're in right now. Unfortunately it's, well, it's government and this pandemic just added to the already inefficiency of it. Yeah. So when you submit your applications, does it go to like a local office or does it go to DC? Yeah. So good question. They have a bunch of uh, different, not a bunch. I think they have two or three uh, USCIS, uh, United States uh, Customs and Immigration Services. I think that's what it stands for. Uh, they have a, a couple centers. The one I send it to being on the West Coast is in Nebraska. Um, so I send it to, you know, they, Nebraska is yeah. not very West Coast-ish, is it? I know, right? So it's, <laughs> but I think the West Coast, so, you have to send it to the middle. Yeah, exactly. And I think what I used, when I used to send it, when I used to apply in New York, I sent it to there, there was one in Chicago. So I think Chicago is the East Coast and then Nebraska is <laughs> the West Coast. Yeah, you'd think so. it would be like Nevada or something because it's the West Coast, but whatever. Again, yeah. <laughs> inefficiency, but. Exactly. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so that, cool. that's, where, that's where we're at. And I, and I uh, yeah, that's why I, I think this is perfect that we had this little catch up and in, uh, in this little update now, because hopefully knock on wood within the next two, three weeks, some, some new development happens with, okay. in terms of uh, the dream act. So that'd be, that'd be huge. Well, yeah, well, let's, let's schedule or just wait, you know, when something happens, we'll, we'll do this again. Is there anything I didn't ask you this time to, to, that you wanted to share with people or any no, I think all your, or, or any, any, you know, nope. All your questions were, were, were perfect. And I think, um, yeah, no, that's covered everything. Well, okay. That was easy. <laughs> so, easy. Okay, man. Well, let's, um, we'll be standing by and then if cool. there's anything in the meantime that we can do or anybody can do, or I can do, or, you know, let us know, let me know. And, you know, at least, put it out there and see if that helps the, the process. But anyway, so yeah, thank you cool. so much for your time uh, again. Awesome. And uh, thanks, we'll, Brian. I appreciate it. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. Thank you again for listening to the Parish to Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Parish to Thought Show.